Hello, welcome to Pod'em Up episode 34. My name is Ollie. I'm joined by my co-host Tibbs. Hello there. And this month we've got a special episode for you. We're not doing any of our normal features. This month is all about one thing, one thing only, that's Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. Yeah, he celebrates 30 years in the business this month. And to celebrate ourselves, we've got a uh, music slash discussion episode for you. Uh, we've got 30 pieces of Sonic music from almost 30 different games. Um, I've picked 15, Tibbs has picked 15, and we're, we're also going to talk a bit about them as well. Yeah. So, obviously I'm a huge Sonic fan myself. I'm very familiar with just about all of these games. Tibbs, you're a big fan too? Yeah, I am. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's a good, good hedgehog. Yeah, so well, should we get right on with it? Let's do it. Let's get yeah. started. Okay. Our first game, of course, is uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. 1991 on the Sega Mega Drive, um, developed by Sonic Team. Um, how do you how do you start talking about Sonic One? Because you know it's just it's so ingrained in in the general gaming consciousness, isn't it? It is. Um. <laughs> well, it's a good start. It's a it's good, good start. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, to put it in the context, obviously, I mean. They wanted a Mario beta, didn't they? They did, yeah. Yeah. Um, Obviously, Mario trundles along at a a normal pace, and they obviously thought, you know, let's make make someone a bit quicker, a bit cooler, you know, take the the edge off a bit, and they came up with a a great character, really, didn't they? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, I I, I think I mentioned this before. It might have been on the... You know the very first the pilot episode we recorded, um, but my first exposure to to Sonic was Sonic One on the Mega Drive, and I didn't have a Mega Drive, and no one I interacted with had a Mega Drive. But there was a kid in school, and he wouldn't shut up about Sonic and how mm-hmm. good it was, um, and his rationale as to why everyone should play it is because Sonic does wicked skids. <laughs> that, that that was. <laughs> That was the defining characteristic. Well, <laughs> like, why, why they didn't put that on the box, I don't know. Yeah. I know, I know. He does, he does wicked, wicked skids. Yeah. Um, but yeah, shortly after, I, you know, it, it's difficult to say how long it was because when you're a kid, all time just sort of all merges into one yeah. amorphous blob. But yeah. um, shortly after that, my granddad um, got a Mega Drive for himself, um, and Sonic was one of the games he got with it. And I played it, and you know I was hooked the the second I played it. Really, you know, mm. um, yeah. And I just just I think a lot of the picks f- as we go through. Um, I suppose we're going to go through. We'll cover a fair amount of all the games, really, won't we? But we're all all the main ones, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I I just got a lot of fond personal memories. So you know, I just yeah. relate it to a particular time in my life, or you know relatives who you know they're not here anymore or you know it's all kind of per- it's all sort of tied up with sort of personal emotions to me i don't know if mm. i can add anything you know uh, objective about the game it just means too much for me now i think yeah i i i know what you mean i mean for me it was it was the introduction to to gaming really i mean i i think we we, t- we talked all about this on, on our intro episode but you know, I, I saw it at a friend's birthday party. Um, I played a couple of little games on a PC before that, but it was the first real console game I saw. Um, I had a little go on it, and it was just—I was just totally hooked. I mean, I, from then on, I just thought this is this is what I want in my life, you know. Yes. Yeah. And that that love of Sonic has just sort of set me up for 
what my expectations are for games in general and, and what I like about games, really. It all comes from that, that one moment, you know, mm. for me. I mean, it, it, to talk about it objectively, you could only really compare it to its later games. I mean, obviously the immediate sequels had some things that they could improve on, like the spin dash, an easier way to go through loops, maybe more free-flowing levels. You know, Sonic 1 is often criticised for having like a fast level followed by a slow level about a fast level etc yeah um so things like marble zone and, and labyrinth zone you know people a lot of point out as flaws but i think from the time if all you've got to compare it to is like platformers those play more like normal platform levels don't they and yeah. so you know they, they must have come up with this fast engine and thought oh, was it going to be too much should we like slow the pace down and make it more of a sort of a like a roller coaster well, where you're saying about comparing to other platform games i mean up until that point um, the only gaming that I'd done was on a Commodore 64. Mm. And there's lots of platform games on a Commodore 64, lots of great platform games as well. Um, but one of the things that really struck me and really made an impact on me um, when I played Sonic was something that I think people just take for granted now, and that was the fact that you could you know, scroll left and right. Mm. A lot of the the games that I played before that, once you you know you scroll to the left, you couldn't go back again. It would like stop you That's from true, yeah. going mm. back. And yet to mm. have that freedom to sort of explore left and right as well. Yeah. And then I remember on Marble Zone how exciting it was to find that there were alternate routes through the level. Yeah. Um, that mm. was something. I'm not saying there were no Commodore 64 games that did that, but I mean up until that point, I hadn't played anything like that. So, mm. you know, it was really quite. Yeah, it's just a really exciting discovery. Yeah, I mean, it's a key. We'll we'll touch on it in the in the, the next few games, but it's a key part of early Sonic that multiple route thing. Mm. Even in like Green Hill Zone, where you've got a middle route and a higher route for sort of more rewards, and then a lower route that's maybe a little bit more precarious. I mean, that it made the game extremely more you know replayable. You know, to to find different routes that you never saw before the first time, and the fact that they they thought about that and put that in and made sure that there are different ways of playing a lot of the levels um, was a you know a, a key part of its success. I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, uh, should we move on to the the music, or yeah. do you want to say anything else about this landmark game? Let's just play the tune. Okay. So the tune you've chosen is Starlight Zone. Oh, what a classic. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd have picked exactly the same one. I mean, the, the thing about this soundtrack is that it's just... The only word I can think of is it's, it's pure. You know, it's just... It's, yeah. it's perfect. In, it almost, well, pretty much perfect in, in a way. It's just, you know, it's, sonic music is great. We'll, we'll find out throughout the whole series. It's brilliant. But this one, somehow all the levels are just... They couldn't be better, really, the mu- music-wise. I mean, it's, it's just... It's really, really good... <laughs> It is. It's really Sandra. good. It's the equivalent of an album where you like every single track, yeah, and exactly. that's a rare, thing, really. It is a rare thing. Yeah. There's always one track you know, you know, you skip it, you know, just like, but there's yeah. there's nothing like that, you know. Every, like you say, it's perfect. It's just yeah. a perfect soundtrack. Yeah, composed of course by Masato Nakamura, um, who was quite inspired by uh, film music and stuff. You know, things like that. Scrap Brain Zone is supposedly based on them. Um, the credits for Blade Runner. Oh, it? I didn't know that. No, it's it's got that sort of dum 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 drums. If you listen to the the two together, they sound very similar in that regard. Mm. Yeah, there's quite a lot of sort of influences there. Um, he's recently because um, he owns the rights to to Sonic One and Two music, and Sega have to get it off of him every time they want to use it. And he's recently used the Green Hill theme to advertise something in um, Japan 
that's got nothing to do with Sonic, but it's <laughs> I can't remember what the product is now. It's some weird sort of eco thing, but it's got the Green Hill theme in it, <laughs> and it sounds so it's really bizarre. But it's got nothing to do with Sonic whatsoever. But he owns it, so he can do what he wants with it, which is um, I can't imagine Sega were too happy about that. Probably not, no. But I mean, although I mean, it's it's all publicity, and it you know, I suppose, yeah. And it's in line with the thirtieth anniversary and everything. So, wasn't there? A, oh, that room, that's just sparked a, a random, a random thing. Isn't there a sound effect from something like the ring sound yes. effect? Yeah. And that's used in like cash registers it or is, petrol yeah. stations or something. Yeah, something in America. Um, a lot of them use this ring sound effect for some reason. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Um, but yeah, he's done a cracking soundtrack. Um, so we're going to play play you one of the best ones, I think. Definitely, it's um, it's just a lovely twinkly tune. You know, it's 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 perfect for the level. Um, Starlight Zone, enjoy. like that um our next game is um is still sonic the hedgehog it's the 8-bit version of sonic the hedgehog for the uh, the master system and game gear also released in 1991 but developed by um ancient um did you have much experience with this back in the back in the day not when it came out no. um years later mm-hmm. um when i was in i was when i was in secondary school i played this um yeah. i was gonna buy a game gear off of someone mm-hmm and I borrowed it on a sort of semi-permanent basis while I decided if I wanted to buy it. I didn't have the money for it, but I didn't tell him that. <laughs> um, I just figured I, I, I'd, I'd work out some way if he really wanted to sell it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog was, I think it was like three games he was going to sell me with it. And Sonic the Hedgehog was one of them, so I just played loads of that. Um, but the speaker didn't work uh, so I had to use headphones now knowing what I know now I know it was you know the capacitors in the game gear and it yeah. would have been very easy to fix but mm-hmm. it put me off behind I, used, I said you know I'm not having it no of don't, course yeah. don't, don't do it but 
I played it a lot through the headphones. So I listened to the soundtrack a lot uh, mm. through the headphones, and yeah, it's, it's a good one. Yeah, it is. Um, if you haven't played it, it's it's not exactly the same game, although I think three of the levels are the same, and they're, and they're all different level designs. Um, I was listening to a, a good Sonic podcast recently, the GHZ podcast, and they were talking about the ge- all the Game Gear um, platformers, the Sonic ones, and they said this is the only game in the series that doesn't have a complete game to work off of as a template because it was being made at the same time as the 16-bit one so obviously they were yeah, getting they were bits simultaneously, they were they? getting ideas and bits in uh to, to sync up but they wouldn't have had the the core thing to work from so they kind of had to put the the physics system in as they saw fit i guess um so it's an interesting sort of take on it really um it's got no loops in it but it does have the sort of the general sort of speed of it doesn't it and yeah you know that kind of thing um i think it considering the hardware they were working on i think oh, it's yeah. a very good you know approximation of the the mega drive version yeah it is i mean i must admit the 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 mass system and game gear areas is sort of my 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 weak spot in my sonic knowledge because i didn't play them at the time i only really played them on emulation you know when i sort of first started to get into emulation about in the early 2000s um, and I must admit, I didn't spend a lot of time with any of them. This is one that I probably played the most out of all of them, but I, I never spent a lot of time with them just because I was also playing, replaying the Mega Drive ones at the same time. Yeah. And I thought I, I, I just, you know, I just found them to be a better experience. But mm. I, I think it's important to include at least one of them on this list because, you know, I, I'm the opposite with Mario. Mario Land is is my sort of retro Mario game, and you know, the people who played the snares and the and there's one say, oh yeah, no, the Mario Land's not as good, but you know, to me, that's classic Mario. So I'm sure there's lots of people in the same boat who only had a Game Gear or a Master System, and to them, this is Sonic. You know, isn't there somewhat? I'm, I, it feels a bit bad saying this because I think obviously they all deserve recognition for their work, but um, isn't someone famous who worked on Sonic One on the Master System version? Who went on like a, a program? We went on to do. Who's famous for something? You know, another major thing. Or am I imagining that? The only person I can think of is Yuzo Koshiro, who um, composed the the music that we're going to play in a minute. That and, might be who I'm thinking of. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this was his studio, ancient, I think. Um, so he's, you know, he's heavily involved yes, in this. That's game. what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, um, but he's he's composed a lovely little ditty for us. It's um, the Bridge Zone. Um, which um, fans of Janet Jackson might uh, recognise. That's why the... I picked it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why I would have picked it as well. Um, her song "Together Again" bears a, a startling similarity to this little uh, melody. So um, yeah, give a listen, see if you <laughs> see what you think.
Right, next up is Sonic 2 on the Mega Drive, 1992, from the Te Sega Technical Institute. Um, yeah, the inevitable sequel, I mean, probably represents the height of Sonic's popularity. Um, probably, it, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's stories about, you know, crowds seeing, like, um, airplanes coming into Heathrow packed with Sonic 2s. It was, I think it was on the news, you know, that kind of thing. It was it was big. It was like the almost like Grand Theft Auto big for its time. Oh, I would yeah, say. Definitely. It was yeah. It was a huge, you know, game coming in. Um, and it, it, it's mostly the sort of the same kind of thing, same mechanics. Obviously, it introduced Tails as, a, as the sidekick that you can get your little brother to play along with. Or in my case, me, I, I would play along with my friends. You know, I wouldn't be very, very good at, you know, these games. So I just sort of tag along as Tails. And that was that was a great way to sort of be involved, to be honest. Um, level design sort of sharpens up a bit, makes it a little bit faster. There's loads of levels in this, but they're all a lot shorter. Yeah, I don't know what else to say. It's another just sort of iconic game, really, isn't it? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, I remember it. it well, again, I, I've mentioned this on the show before. I'm, I'm, I'm positive, but um, it's the first game I bought with my own money. Mm. Um, it was like um, it must have been like birthday and Christmas money because um, I didn't get it because it came out in November, didn't it? November yeah. ninety two. Like Tuesday. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have had the money then, but I re distinctly remember buying it with my own money. So it must have been. Must have been Christmas money. Um, I've got it Toys R Us. Mm. Um, I did as well. Yeah, yeah, and it, I just yeah, I loved it from you mm. know the second I played it. it I, it's just everything. It's a textbook sequel, isn't it? it you know, yeah. it's a just a perfect iteration on the first. It doesn't do doesn't stray too much from the formula, but adds enough to make it a, you know a fresh experience. Mm. Um, I was thinking if I if I had to introduce someone to Sonic. This would probably be the game that I would give them. Yeah, probably. Yeah, because it's just kind of perfect. I mean, you know, it, it's very quick, very simple sort of levels. Um, not too challenging, apart from that difficulty spike in Chemical Plant, of course. And it's, it, you know, it's just it's a lovely game, really. It is. Mm. It also uh, reminds me of you know a long-standing playground tradition of making up absolute nonsense about games. Um, <laughs> there was loads of rumours going around the playground of how you could um, make tails fly. You could control tails while he flies, mm. uh, which you couldn't do. Um, how to unlock super tails? There was no super tails. No. Um, I wasted many hours doing all these convoluted <laughs> steps that someone's brother's cousin's mum who works at Sega absolutely knows that this is how you unlock Super Tails. Yeah. Um, and it's a you know it's a tradition that continues to this day. Oh yeah. Making up stuff. People making up crap. Yeah. 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 yeah so mm. yeah, that was my well, first you know my first experience of that proud tradition. Mm. Yeah, um, we've actually got a couple of comments I put on Twitter and asked people uh, what their favourite Sonic game was, and two um, sort of bottom up friends of the show, um, Webster uh, said it was Sonic Two, and Rick uh, has a little message says he says Sonic Two is the only correct answer, although I will allow Sonic Mania if you weren't born last millennium. So there you go. I gotta say my head says Sonic Three and Knuckles. Yeah. But my heart says Sonic Two. I feel kind of feel the same way because Sonic mm. Two was uh, after I got my Mega Drive in '93 with a bunch of games, and Sonic Two was the first game I got for my birthday the following March that I want that I chose to get. You know, 
so I, I you know I had after seeing Sonic one the previous year I had to have a, a proper Sonic so I went for that one um, and yeah it's just it's just it's just so ingrained in my childhood you know throughout it yeah. um, but I think since then I've definitely prefer, on a technical basis I prefer Sonic three and Knuckles anyway as the as the complete package. But um, yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. So the track you've chosen, um, by the way, you've got you've picked a lot of the early ones, and my picks come later. That's just sort of the way it's worked out. In case yeah, you're wondering where my picks are. Yeah. So you've picked the special stage theme. Any particular reason? Just because I spent so long in it. Mm. Yeah, it's just ingrained in my <laughs> mind now. Um, I'm well, still rubbish at it to this well, day. Well, it doesn't help when you're playing as playing with tails, and he just sort of happily just gets battered by the, all the bombs yeah. and stuff isn't it <laughs> yeah but i mean the the first i think the first three emeralds you know i i can do muscle memory no problem that's mm. you know, fine but after that no matter how hard i try to memorize it i just can't i just it's a it's such a slog to unlock uh, supersonic on that game to yeah. me. So I think just through the sheer amount of time I've spent in the special stage, that's why I've chosen that particular one. And I like the little fan feather. Yeah, it's um, it's a good intro to a, a theme, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'm trying to think if I've ever actually completed um with all the emeralds, you know, properly without using save states or anything. I don't. I I'm have. Not sure, I have. Yeah, I have. I did it on the um. I think it was the Xbox Live Arcade release mm. that they did. Um, oh, but I, yeah, I don't know. I actually, I might have, without save states. I don't know. Yeah, see, it's hard to know. Then once you got all that option, you, yeah. sometimes you just do it. You go, oh, to screw it. I'll just do a save, save yeah, state. You know, I don't, yeah. In, in that case, I don't know if I have done it. No, mm, it's definitely a tough one. Yeah. Anyway, so here's um, special stage by uh, again Masato Nakamura. <laughs> Next on our list is my first Sonic game, actually, that I owned. came with my Mega Drive uh, in a sort of bundle. It's Sonic Spinball, 1993, um, by uh, Sega Technical Institute as well. 
So this was kind of um, the first spin-off, really, wasn't it? Yeah. It was kind of a platform, but it was mostly sort of a pinball game. Yeah. It's a bit of an odd, it's a bit of an odd one in the the series, isn't it? In, really? Yeah, in the grand scheme of things, it is. I it's probably quite big at the time because there weren't that many Sonic games kicking around. But it's it's not looked on that fondly in general. A lot of people, I don't know, they don't like the physics of it and stuff. It's a bit. I was going to say, I don't think time has been kind to it particularly. Mm. Um, I think people playing it now, when there's an abundance of Sonic games. Uh, don't really, don't really see the attraction of it. But like you say, there wasn't at the time it came out. There, there was Sonic One, Sonic Two. Mm. You know, in terms of it, for Mega Drive owners, because again, but you know, back then we didn't really have. There weren't many people who had a Mega Drive and a Game Gear and a Master System. Oh, you no, you no. had one console, and that was it, really. So, mm-hmm. if you had a Mega Drive, you had Sonic One, Sonic Two. That was it, really, at that point. So mm-hmm. anything with Sonic on it. Any more you, Sonic you could get, you'd lap up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You, you just you persevered with it. Mm-hmm. You know, and you probably knew in your heart of hearts it wasn't the best game, <laughs> but. It's what you had, so you played it. And no. I, there is, there is, it's not a bad game. It's not a bad game, though. No. It's like, not a bad game. I like how it's sort of structured. You know, you've got to... I'm trying to think now what you've got to do. You've got to... When you first get in, you've got to empty the vat with the emerald sitting in, and you've got to get up to the next table, you've got to drop in and get the emerald, and you've got to do something else to get the next emerald, and you've got to sort of do this sequence of things across the table. So comparing it to a, like a normal game of pinball, it's actually quite elaborate and interesting. Yeah, that's what I mean. You know, it, to, it's quite a, an original idea to yeah. sort of, yeah, it is, you yeah. know, merge a platformer and a pinball game in the kind of fashion they did. I don't know if many games have done it before or since, really. Well, the only one I can oh, think actually, of is... Go on, we're going to say the same game, I think, aren't we? Yoku's Island yeah, Express. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the only other one I can think of, and that's come years and years later, isn't it? Hmm. Mm. Yeah, so but, um, as I said, it was my first Sonic game, so that's all I kind of knew, really, apart from the Sonic one that I'd seen. So, um, yeah, I, I played it every day for a while, you know, and um, was Did never... Did you complete that. it? Oh, no, 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 I, I couldn't... I, I, I'd lucky if I could get past the first level, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's a rock hard, it's a pretty hard game. It is hard. I managed mm. to get up to... Uh, is it the machine, is it called? Yeah, the, the machines. There's only three sort of worlds, but the machine's yeah. the third one, yeah. The machine's the third one. I got up to that once, mm. and then I had to go, you know, it's like some family outing or something, I had to go out, I had to shut <laughs> the Mega Drive off, Yeah. never got there again. You know, in that split second, you, you sort of contemplate, can I just leave the Mega Drive and the TV on until I get I back? <laughs> <laughs> but then you hear this, the, the, these these rumours, all like the screen burn, you know, you don't want to yeah. leave your TV on too long. You probably turn it off, to be honest, but I'll keep it on, but, you know, it's... um. Yeah, it was those those things you just feared, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's um, it, it is what it is. You know, it's um, it's sort of based on the kind of uh, the the TV show, isn't it? More than the actual game, it's got like characters from like um, you know, and the Archie comic and that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, I was going to say that the, the sort of character designs and stuff are all they're they're more to do with the, the comics and shows rather than. Mm. Previous games, aren't they? Yeah, so um, sort of uh, not fair, an obvious choice, but a, a good one is um, Toxic Caves. You've gone for yeah um, again, uh, just the amount of time I spent. Yeah, there. I exactly. I can't, I couldn't tell you if you asked me to hum any of the other tunes <laughs> in the game. I couldn't, but Toxic Caves, I know off by heart. So yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, it's a well-known tune. Yeah, this is by um, any of the following: Howard Rossin, Brian Coburn, or Barry Blum. <laughs> Thank you. 
Right then, moving swiftly on, um, Sonic CD is our next game on the Mega CD, released in 1993. Yeah, it's um, it, it's sort of an alternate sequel to Sonic 1, I always think of, because it was kind of developed at the same time as Sonic 2, but then just held back a bit. Um, obviously, it's on the Mega CD, so not many of us played it at the time. You know, it was always sort of this mythical kind of game that you knew about because you read it in magazines and stuff, but yeah. you could never quite reach, never see in action. So it was always, always had this mysterious quality until you later played it on emulation or whatever. Yeah. Um, what was your feelings about it, in general? Like you say, at the time, mm. nothing other than curiosity because... It was literally just screenshots in Sega Power, yeah, um, and just imagining what it would be like. Uh, I I I didn't even see a Sega CD as a, a Mega no. CD in person until like 1999. So oh, exactly. I mean, like you just said, you only really had the one console. I mean, if you because yeah. um, this was Sega's big problem, really, wasn't it? They 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 got all these machines out. And you know you could get a Mega Drive for Christmas, and then wait until next Christmas to get a Mega CD. But then you would get hardly any games because you, you just no games, you, so it's yeah. just it, it, from a kid's perspective, it was a bad move, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it was. A, you know, kids today they don't know how good they've got it. Now. No, no, they really don't. I mean, I, I don't want to divert too much, but I um, a website, the Game Collection dot net. Mm. They just sell oh, yeah. all games and bits and pieces. Yeah. Go on there. You can search. You know, um, put in what console you want. Whack the price down lowest to highest. You can get a game there for like two ninety five. I know it's nuts, isn't it? That's mental. Yeah. I could have. Oh, oh kids today don't know the ball. Yeah. Um. But yeah, back then I didn't know. I didn't know anything about it. So it's only from years later, um, when emulation started coming in, and then yeah. later on the um the Sonic Mega Collection. Um, that's where mm. I'll probably play the most of it. Yeah. Um. I can't say I know it, I know it's a common opinion that it's the best Sonic game. I don't really share that opinion. I'm not a big fan of it. No, I I like it. I I certainly wouldn't say it's the best. It's got a sort of a cult following. A lot of yeah. people do rate it, and I've never quite been able to work out exactly why. No. Like not so, to put it above the other Mega Drive games anyway. I mean, I think it's a perfectly good game. Basically, the, the different twist in it has got this time travel mechanic. So every level has four different time zone versions of it. Um, past, present, good future, and bad future. The idea is you go travel through the past. You got The levels are structured really so to, to emphasize exploration. So if you run through them, you're not really going to get a lot out of it. You've got to sort of go into the past, find this machine that's, that's somewhere that generates the bad future, and you turn it into a good future by destroying it. Um, so the, I liked the, the sort of the exploration aspect. I quite liked hunting out these things, but it doesn't really carry the same kind of unique appeal that the, the, the Sonic games had been known for at the time with the speed factor and everything. It kind of plays more like a normal sort of exploration platformer, I would say. Yeah, I, I can appreciate what they were going for. Mm. Um, and it was really ambitious, really, for the time. You oh, know, very, to have yeah. all these, you know, the good future, bad future, and, mm. you know, being able to affect, you know, the course of the game depending on your actions and the levels and things like that. You know, I, I can appreciate it from a, you know, from a conceptual level. Yeah. Um, it just feels... 
I don't know, it just doesn't feel like a Sonic game to me. It doesn't feel... It's something about the level design. Because yeah. I remember particularly when I first played it emulated, because uh, obviously part of, like you say, there's good future, bad future, past, present. Mm. There'll be rings and boxes and things that are only accessible in certain time zones. Yes. And it results in the levels just looking really cluttered and messy in some places. Yeah. And to, when I first played it on the, on an emulator way back when, I thought it was an emulation bug. I thought I thought oh it's it's not it's not rendering the levels properly. It's or funny, there's rings everywhere. It's funny you say that. I remember you saying that on on MSN to me while you were playing it. <laughs> 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 it's funny what sticks in your mind, but I remember you saying that. Yeah. And cuz I I was kind of aware of that long before I even played it because I um, just before I got my Mega Drive, my dad got me this, um, like a compilation magazine. I think it was Sega Power, and it just com- compiled a load of their reviews of that year, and Sonic CD was in it. So I read up on, on Sonic CD a lot from that. I just looked over it, and I knew that it had a feature in there about what, what was in the game, and it said that if you can see rings in the ground, they're meant for another time zone. So I kind of knew about uh... all about these little quirks about the game long before I actually played it. But yeah, it's funny. I do remember you saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it it just really yeah I mean, uh, yeah I don't know I think I get what they were going for I get I get what the intention was it just didn't gel with me that's all it is mm. it's just a put I think it's an interesting take on the Sonic formula but I prefer what. Sega Technical Institute were doing with it really yeah I mean uh, by the way Sega Technical Institute is based in America. Although it had some of the Japanese guys come over and work on it, um, this was based in Japan, and it had Naoto Oshima working on it, who designed Sonic originally. So this is kind of his vision, over his overall creative vision for the series, and it's quite psychedelic kind of graphics, isn't it? I mean, we were, we were oh, talking, when yeah. we talked when we did our Knuckles Chaotix episode, we said that was kind of similar. It was it's kind of a bit nuts and a bit almost a bit too overload in some levels, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. It's funny actually. There's a um, there's a video on YouTube. It was from a Channel Four show. Mm. Uh, I think it was Equinox, which was like a current affairs program they used to do. And I can't remember what the point of the show was. It was something about um, video games and you know the effect it was having on children and were they good or bad or that kind of thing. Yeah, right. And there's a little section on there where it shows Sonic CD. And the narrator is completely po-faced, you know, being completely serious. Yeah. And they're saying, the way uh, modern games bombard the viewer with images simply too fast to comprehend, or something like that. And it's just showing <laughs> yeah. some bloke playing Sonic CD. <laughs> you know, but it's like, I don't know, it's just so funny and so out of touch. Yeah. It's, you know, images too fast for the mind to comprehend. It's fascinating <laughs> to go back and look at those early views of video games as they were sort of taking off in this sort of period of time, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Just just like grown-ups, just not understanding them at all. Absolutely completely yeah. out of the depth. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you've chosen a track from the Japanese soundtrack. There's actually two different versions, isn't there? There's um, a US soundtrack composed by Spencer Nilsson, I think it was, mm. um, and the Japanese uh, soundtrack. And we got the Japanese one actually, didn't we? Originally in Europe, yeah. mm. Europe got the Japanese one. Yeah, yeah. and there's uh, I I've never rated the, the the American one personally. Um, no, I, no, it's uh, no. It's no. distinctly unsonic. It's sort of you know a bit kind of environmental and a bit sort of you know not really any melodies in it. 
as such in a lot of them. It's it, but the Japanese one is a, is a fair bit more Sonicy, I would say. So yeah, I, I would agree with you I, on the on that. Mm. I don't know. I, I should know this. My son, I'm, let, I'm letting the side down with my Sonic knowledge here. But, um, <laughs> it was one of the Sega executives, wasn't it? He heard the Japanese soundtrack and he just said, "I hate it." I hate. <laughs> I, no, I didn't know this fact either. To be fair, no. Yeah. Oh right. Is that I, why? Yeah, I, I think it, I, I'll find a video again. It was a YouTube video. It might have been like mm. gaming historian or someone like that. Mm. But um, it was apparently they heard the the original intro with the, the animated intro, the um, the oh, rap. Yeah, you, you can do anything. Yeah. Yeah, and whoever it was just hated it so much. Mm. He, he said, "Right, we'll release the game." But we're not bin the that. soundtrack. <laughs> it's going in a bin. I hate it. Oh Do no, I else. didn't. I didn't know that. No, that's news to me. Hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll dig out. Well, I'll, I'll I'll find out where I the video I, I got that from, and we'll put it on the Twitter feed. Yeah, I'd like to see to that. Yeah, yeah. Oh right, okay, that explains it then. That that sort of intro music, I, I like it, but it is, I suppose, at the time, it was quite. It's very sort of um, kind of out there, isn't it? It's <laughs> it a, is a bit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, the main lyric is Toot Toot Sonic Warrior, which toot, is just... Toot Toot Sonic Warrior. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but it's great. I love it, but I don't know what it means. <laughs> For years, I thought it was meant to be Super Sonic Warrior. That would make a lot more sense, wouldn't but it? But the more I listen to it, it's definitely Toot Toot. Oh, it is Toot Toot, yeah. That, that's, it's well known. Yeah. It is Toot Toot, yeah. <laughs> I, don't know, I, don't, I don't know why. Anyway, let's let's crack on. So you, you've chosen Palm Tree Panic, um, the yeah. present version, I assume? Yes, yeah, yeah. present. Okay, so this is by uh, Naofumi Hataya and Masafumi Ogata. Okay, we're moving on to um, Sonic 3, 1994, uh, also by the uh, Sega Technical Institute. So, um, you, you've chosen two tracks from this game on 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 the premise that you believe the two-player mode is, is kind of 
It's a different game. It's a different game. Is it a different? Is it a different game? Please, please explain your logic. Different rules. Yeah. Different game. So you so different mode is. Well, what you mean? It's a different game. It's a different game. It's not like it's completely different. You go round like the you. It goes around in a circle. Yeah, it does. But yeah. I mean, it's it's the same. It's within the same release, isn't it? It's within the same cartridge. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but Columns and Super Hangover are on the same cartridge. Well, well, you got me there. I yeah. suppose. Yeah. All right. I'll let you have it. It's just that yeah, you've messed this up. This is absolutely not an excuse because I couldn't find 15 games within a reasonable time limit. <laughs> you couldn't find 15 Sonic games. a liar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. alright. Well, you've messed up my marketing. You know, I can no longer say 30 different tracks from 30 different games, but, you know, whatever. We'll deal with it. So, um, yeah. Sonic 3, anyway. It's a good game. It's a um, good game. Yeah. Obviously, it's... Uh, we didn't notice at the time, but it was half a game because the intention was... That they couldn't fit it all on one cartridge, and they had some sort of Mac- <laughs> the bizarre, most bizarre reason they had some sort of McDonald's Happy Meal uh, thing that they needed to have a release out in time for. So they had to just bung whatever levels they could and just put them on on Sonic Three, and then they saved the rest for Sonic and Knuckles, which we'll talk about in a minute. But that has a lock-on cartridge that you can put the plug the two together and play the whole thing. But um, yeah, I, I, I Sonic Three was the only one I didn't own um, during the course of my Mega Drive kind of ownership period i only bought it in the, the early noughties on ebay um but i played it a lot because my friend had it um so it was kind of always always around i was very familiar with it um it, i've since come to find it and sonic and knuckles probably my favorite um, sort of sonic experience really mostly due to the level design i think it's just those levels are vast aren't they they really yeah. got so many different routes uh, tucked away in there. There's so many different things. I love how, you know, Act 1 is distinct from Act 2. In each of those levels, you really feel like you're sort of progressing through. They've got different music. Um, everything is just sort of bigger, bolder. It's just it's probably, Sonic 3 Knuckles is, is I would almost certainly my favourite game of all time, personally, as a as a Sonic fan, you know. Yeah. I think, I think it's definitely the the peak of the sonic formula that they could have achieved on on that generation of hardware yeah i don't think yeah. there's much more they could you know they pushed the you know the, the formula as far as they could go there oh definitely yeah yeah anything else to do it like they, they had ideas of you know turning it i think sonic 3 they were even going to try and make it 3d initially and it just it wouldn't in the benefit of hindsight would tell us it's just it wouldn't you know, work no, out on that. Worked. Wouldn't no. have worked at all. You know, they were better off doing what they did and sticking to good old 2D. Um, obviously, it's the, the first game to introduce Knuckles the Echidna. Big deal back in the day, wasn't it? You know, this oh, new yeah. character, Knuckles. I mean, um, at this time, Sonic the comic was out in this country. You know, they had a great Sonic 3 and then Sonic and Knuckles adaptation. So all of this was just kind of uh, building up the sort of the marketing for this. And then, um, you know, obviously introduced as a, as a rival to Sonic initially. Um, and it's just great, you know. It's got a great story behind it. Yeah, it is. It's just a mm. really, really great game. I never had it at the time. Mm. Um, I didn't play. It. I never owned it actually until you know at the time I had my Mega Drive. I borrowed mm. it off of someone for you know for a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I never, never owned it. Um, tried to rent it from 
Uh, it became Blockbuster. At the time, it was Ritz. Video. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Um, they didn't have it, so I had to get Golden Axe 2, um, which was <laughs> right. still good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nothing wrong, bit, nothing wrong with a bit of Golden Axe. Yeah. No, nothing wrong with that, you know. But, um, yeah, well, I was a bit disappointed, I've got to be honest. They had it on the shelf there, and I was like, we went to the counter. No, it's, it's, it's already out. Mm. You know, so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Put you know, cast a shadow over ever since. But yeah, it is. It's a very good game. Um, much like you said about um, Sonic CD, how you read about it mm. uh, lots before you played it. I had a magazine. I can't remember the name of it, but in the middle they had um, published maps of. They definitely had Carnival Night Zone and Hydra City Zone. I can't remember if they did the whole game, but they definitely had those two. And it was a a two-page spread of Mm. the the level maps. Um, And I literally used to just sit there reading it and imagining what it would be like to play through. (laughs) Yeah, just kind of going through it and you're just pointing with your finger, I suppose. (laughs) Yeah, and I remember, you know, like in... um, in Carnival Night, those the columns, like the electric columns, and you go round and round them. Oh, the barrels, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, no, no, not the barrels, like the. Um, oh yeah, the the long twisty. The uh, long twisty things. You you go up thing. and then you sort of go round and spin off to another bit. Yeah. Um, I didn't know. I saw those in there. I had no idea what they were. So <laughs> I had all these sort of weird ideas of what those actually were and what they do when you got to them and things like that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that 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 was my first. Um, you know, memories of, of Sonic 3, but um, yeah, like you say, it's just a fantastic game. It's mm. it does it adds so much to the to the formula. You know, it lets you play as Tails and actually fly. Uh, event, you know, which oh, yeah. is what everyone wants to do. That was a do. big that's a big deal as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, an interesting soundtrack story to to Sonic 3. There's there's loads of people credited um, to this soundtrack uh, with one with one omission that's uh, Michael Jackson supposedly uh, worked on this soundtrack um, no one really there's all sorts of different stories aren't there from people who also worked on it saying that oh his music did get in or it didn't I was gonna or, th- I, I think it's all been but officially confirmed from Sega that he did work on the soundtrack in some yeah shape or form. oh yeah but it's just not not known officially whether his tracks were in there or not but I think some of them sound an awful lot like they could have been he at least had say, some hand in it the you credits know. music is is Stranger in Moscow. Yeah, there's no there's no two ways about it. You can't <laughs> listen to them side by side and think they're not. So. Oh yeah, and there's that bit in the Carnival Night Zone, isn't it? There's like yeah. another one. Um, and I think that the, one of the tracks you've chosen, Launch Base, is very kind of uh, of the same. I think the same, certainly the same person did Carnival Night, Launch Base, and the Act One boss theme because they're all very kind of of the same style, and it's not a style that matches you know things we've heard up till now in Sonic music. No. Is it really? It's a very kind of weird launch base in particular, a very sort of unusual kind of composition. Obviously, you got that, that the weird thing about the, the prototype recently that came out sort of a few months before it released, and it had all those all those tracks were different, weren't they? And they were the same as the the PC the version, the PC weirdly. Release, so, it's, yeah. which is just, <laughs> just just adds more confusion to it already, doesn't it? But yeah. Anyway, so there's 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 that whole story. There's a lot on YouTube and stuff if you want to look into more, more of that. Um, but yeah, you've chosen, so the two-player track you've chosen is Azure Lake, which is a really, really good piece. Mm-hmm. 
and you've also chosen launch base as well and i'll play uh, act one and act two of that so um we do, there's loads of composers involved in sonic 3 i'm not going to list them all out you can, if you're interested you can find that but uh, so this is azure lake followed by launch base Thank you. 
Okay, so just a few months later came uh, Sonic and Knuckles. So this was the 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 continuation of, of Sonic Three. This this finished off the story, because um, and that, the story I I love the story in Sonic Sonic Three and Knuckles. I mean, it, in the context of things like Final Fantasy, it probably sounds silly to say, but it's probably my favourite game story. Yeah, you know, just because it, it's because of its simplicity. Obviously, there's no text in these Sonic games early ones so it's all done through the character actions and stuff but that's that scene where uh knuckles realizes that eggman's the bad guy as he steals the master emerald yeah and then 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 you can try and play along as well you can try and hit eggman and then you know the whole thing collapses and then they realize they have to join forces it's just it's beautiful it's a beautiful scene i absolutely love it yeah and the whole game sort of leads up to that you know it's got some four sort of normal levels and then it kind of goes into full-on story is you know, the death what, egg launches and everything and it's it's brilliant what, what's the deal with talking about that story again I'm, maybe i'm just showing holes in my my sonic knowledge yeah no, that's all right but why does knuckles go all weak and panty because he's been electrocuted oh is that what it is yeah yeah because he so eggman comes yeah, in he, he steals the master emerald. but i mean oh is that is it yeah that's all i think I mean, that's the only... <laughs> but, yeah, I mean... Because it... I had an ongoing argument with a, a, a kid who lived in the street, and mm. he said it was because Knuckles got all his, his life force from the Master Emerald, and because it had been <laughs> taken away, that's why he was going all weak. And I was like, there's no... There's no... There's no canon basis for this. There is no canon basis for that. It's something that he's interpreted. I mean, uh, it, it would explain it, because he is very weak from that afterwards yeah. but i uh, i mean no i think I it's don't just know why. i never a... linked it into my in my mind the fact that he'd just been shocked but yeah that mm. makes sense actually yeah that, that would probably make it pretty weak. really obvious yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah though anyway that, that that's just what I, I love about sonic and i was i i had i got this at the time um i got it for christmas actually so it came out in october i think so i only got it a couple of months later and yeah just loved it it's brilliant and the fact that you can connect previous sonic games in and get you know you either get the full experience Sonic Three and Knuckles, or you get Knuckles in Sonic Two, or you get the Blue Sphere thing. Um, it's just a, a stroke of genius, really. That whole lock-on idea, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I, it's a crime that was never used in other games. I know it's, it seems like such an obvious thing, doesn't it? You know, it's yeah. it's kind of like DLC before DLC, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's so much p- potential for it. Mm. I guess it's just an expense thing because it must have been yeah. a, a pricey way to to do things. Oh but. yeah, I mean it had to come in a cardboard um, box, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? For for years, I thought I'd lost that cardboard box, and then when we moved house in 2006, I found it in a cupboard, and I was overjoyed. I, <laughs> I can't explain to you the amount of joy I I felt just by finding this thing. Oh my god, I've still got it. Because <laughs> for years that that cartridge just sat on by itself on the shelf next to all these other box games, um, and I felt so sorry for it. So um, oh, yeah, and now and now it's uh, it's back. Yeah, it's got, yeah, that's great. Unfortunately, I, in my enthusiasm when I first got the game, I can see that I slightly ripped it trying to get the <laughs> trying to get the game out. So there's the, the, I found a little bit of sellotape stuck in there just to hold it together. <laughs> that that always happens with cardboard box games. I, oh yeah. Know, I, I, Oh, it's why I don't think I could ever, you know, even if I ever became, like, financially, you know, an abundance of finances at my disposal. Yeah. I couldn't get into collecting, like, Nintendo games just because it would <laughs> no. stress me out too much trying oh, to find one with a box that isn't all dog-eared and yeah, you know, torn. Yeah, it must be very hard, and they go for yeah. obscene money, most of them anyway, so, it's, yeah, it's... <laughs> 
cardboard boxes. Cardboard boxes. It's a ter- terrible a idea. idea. Terrible idea. Nintendo kept on for it so long, didn't they? Really. I know. Right up to the to GBA. Yeah. Yeah. Mental. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. So anyway, yeah. I mean, Sonic and we said plenty about Sonic Three and Knuckles. They're kind of the same. They're very similar. Game structure, really, two sides yeah. of the same coin, exactly. Um, but the track you've chosen is Lava Reef Zone Act One. Mm-hmm. Uh, great little piece. Yeah, um, just really catchy, and I like it. Yeah. So this is by Howard Drossin, Sachio Ogawa, Tatsuyuki Maeda, and Junsunoi. <laughs> Them. We probably don't need to say a lot about this next one because we've already covered it on the show. It's Knuckles Chaotix um, oh. on the uh, the Sega Mega Drive 32X uh, from 1995. Um, yeah, we, <laughs> go and listen to the show. That is actually one of our best shows, I think, because it was just it was quite fun to talk about it because yeah. it was it's a very flawed game. Um, it is, and it is. I I had fun going through its flaws. If that doesn't sound too cruel. Because it's basically Knuckles and a bunch of mates, and they're you pick two characters and they're joined together by this elastic band of ring energy, and it just kind of takes over the whole game. Basically, those physics, you know, you're sort of being flung <clears throat> all over the place in these weird sort of back and forth things. The level design is built around the mechanics rather than you know introducing interesting level things, um, and it's an interesting game. But it's it's certainly not one of the best. No, <laughs> no, it's not one of the best. I mean, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We already know your history with the game. Um, yes. So <laughs> yeah. Hey. yeah. Anyway, on the on the three two X as well. So not many people played it. So it's um it had a yeah an unfortunate time really. Um, Again, I don't want to go off on a on a tangent too much. Yeah. I everyone puts the boot into Sega for the 32x and the Mega CD and all yeah. these add-ons and things. I actually like the idea of add-on console add-ons. Oh as yeah, a concept. It's, yeah, you know, yeah. and I think it's it's a shame that's kind of faded out. Really, mm. um, I don't know how you, how you would do it in you know modern times with discs and, and and things like that you know it's not like you can plug in an extra you know disc drive but then you know the um xbox 360 had the the hd dvd add-on yeah that's um, true yeah mm. you know if 
in an alternate universe, maybe games were released on HD DVD, you know, with all that yeah. extra capacity and stuff. And Yeah, you know, why not, yeah. Tons of potential there, the mm. untapped potential. Mm. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, I just want to step in for Sega's defence there and, you know, stop stop giving them a hard time about the add-ons, you mm. know? Yeah. It's, it's exciting stuff when you're a kid and you, you think you can expand the console and add all these new features. I suppose the kind of modern equivalent is when they're halfway through the, the console cycle they release a better version like the PS4 Pro and that kind of thing and then suddenly yeah. your games don't run quite so well anymore because they're all designed for the PS4 <laughs> Pro. It's kind of the same thing isn't it really? It is yeah. <clears throat> but you know by being able to just you know do a little incremental upgrade rather than having to buy a whole new machine Yeah. But then I, you know, ah. mm. it's a topic for another time, isn't it? It is. It <laughs> is. So the track you've t- well, you've chosen four tracks actually, because they're um, uh, Knuckles Gertix has a uh, what's it called a daytime to nighttime system where you go through the levels, and when you go back to the stage select, which is sort of an interactive thing, you get a different time period, and mm. they've got a different track for each. So this is a stage select. Uh, any reason you've chosen these? Just because I it, it gets stuck in my head a lot. Mm. It's just one of those tunes, you know. It just, I just like it, and mm. I just find myself humming it from time to time. You know, yeah. I'm just doing something randomly. It just pops into my head, mm-hmm. uh, you know. So, yeah, I, I, I think it's. I, I personally think it's a standout track on the soundtrack as well. I think it's mm. probably the the most catchy. But okay, you know, yeah, it's certainly uh, the one you hear most often, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So this is a little mega mix I've done for you. This is uh, Walking Hyper Hyper Evening Star and Moonrise, and they're by Junko Shiratsu and Mariko Namba.
Okay, we're uh, sticking to the, with the Mega Drive for one more uh, game. This is Sonic 3D Flicky's Island, or Sonic 3D Blast, depending on your region. It was, um, it was one of the last Mega Drive games, sorry, in 1996, um, and it's developed by Traveller's Tales. Did you have this at the time? No. Did you not? Oh, right. No, I got this. Um, I got it for that Christmas. Um, I enjoyed it. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I played it. It wasn't as, not quite as much as the traditional Sonic games, but it's a nice little thing. It's a it's a 3D isometric uh, platformer um, in which Sonic has to go around finding flickies that are trapped in the badniks as usual and when you pick them up they they sort of follow you around and you've got to take them to the, the ring at the end of the level or halfway through the level or whatever um, and that's the objective really it's a bit like Sonic CD in that you've got to go and find stuff rather than just race through um, yeah I, I quite liked it, what was, what was your opinions on it? I liked it I know I I think it's kind of Sonic Pinball Syndrome in yeah. that I played it long after his time. Okay. Uh, I think if I'd have played it at the time, I'd have probably had a lot more affection for it than I do now. Yeah. Um, I appreciate what it what it does. I just after I think it gets old quick for me. That's the thing. Um, mm. I I can't. I don't. I, when I sit down and play it, I don't end up playing it for that long before it it kind of outstays its welcome a bit. But it, it's not a bad game at all. I think had I played it at the time, I would have really. I'd have loved it. But yeah, you know, in the context of the you know the the wealth of Sonic games available now, yeah, um, it didn't really click with me the way it would have done years earlier. No, that's a fair comment. Yeah. Um, so this is one of my tracks that I've chosen. Um, I've chosen um, Diamond Dust Zone at one and two. Um, just uh, the, the soundtrack's really good, actually. It's a different one on the Saturn version. That was by Richard Jakes, but this this one's by um, Junsunoi Tatsuyuki Maeda Masu, ma, sorry, Masaru Setsumaru and Seiru Okamoto. <laughs>
That's ne- a toe tapper on it. Sorry, that caught me off guard. <laughs> must point out at this point that we're just recording this this um, the dialogue without um, putting the tracks in between because obviously we'd be up all night doing that. Oh. So um, if if at any point we come in and it doesn't what we say doesn't quite match what you've heard in some sort of tonal context or something, I don't you know that that's the reason why. Never um, let the audience peek behind the curtain. Well, I thought they might appreciate it, you know. I thought they might explain it, you know, because we're only two, two, two humans, you know. We're, we're, we've got to be up in the morning, um, you know, so I can't be up all night. Anyway, yeah, so with that in mind, moving on. Next up is Sonic R on the Sega Saturn, released in 1997 and also developed by Traveller's Tales. This was a racing game, not the first racing game, there are a couple on the Game Gear, but it was, uh, it was an interesting one. Um, it's worth noting that it's Sonic's Saturn period is, is sort of a little Sonic drought. There wasn't much going on at this time. So this was about the only new big game coming until Sonic Adventure. So as a Saturn owner myself, and a Sonic fan, I lapped this up as much as I could. Um, poured over it in magazines and stuff. Um, it's It's not... You can tell the difference between someone who's played this at the time and someone who's playing it retrospectively, because it's it, compared to other races even at the time, like your Mario Kart, your Diddy Kong Racing. There's only five tracks in the game, yeah. But I would say that they all have two or three tracks worth of content in them. They got so many, you know, in keeping with a lot of the Sonic levels that we talked about earlier. A lot of different routes through, so you know, you, it, there's a lot of like, replayability and finding your different routes through and finding the optimum thing. There's loads of stuff to find in there. Loads of unlockable, you know, characters and and time attack modes and stuff like that. So I I, I loved all that. Um, I played it again recently. I, the handling certainly takes a bit to get used to. Yeah. It's not the best. Um, I think once you do get in that groove, I think it's a lot more playable. But you do have to kind of that they they feel very heavy to move around, and you can't quite get in where you want to. Sometimes it it feels a bit weird. Any thoughts on it? Um, what you've said basically. I mean, <laughs> my again, I I I might I'm worried about repeating myself now because the problem is we've done like what what episode is this now? This is thirty four. Thirty four. I'm not that interesting a person. So, oh, oh! I think you are. You know, so I think I'm gonna. <laughs> I, at this point, I'm probably just repeating things that I've said <laughs> on like at least three or four different shows. Um, but I didn't play Sonic Art until uh, we were in secondary school. Yeah. And I, I don't remember why. I think it was probably just because I wasn't. I wasn't doing any work. But I was given after-school detention. Um, mm. And they stuck me in the computer room upstairs. Yeah. Um, and I didn't do any work there either. What I did was, at the time, Sega were putting out... Um, they There were PC ports of a oh. bunch of Saturn games. I, I was going to say, they had like a Saturn sitting there? Or, <laughs> I forgot about no. the PC version. Um, they had, uh, on a budget label, I can't remember what it was, I think it was Explosive, I think yes. it was a PC budget label. I've got a couple sitting behind me somewhere. Yeah, yeah. and I had Sonic R, and I had House of the Dead. Mm-hmm. I took those in. I just installed those on the computer. Nice, fair enough. Why and not? I was just playing, playing that. <laughs> and I installed. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> and I moved around because I'd go in there and say, "Oh, uh, sit at that computer and get your work done." Yeah. So I'd wait, but the teacher wasn't there. He he, he couldn't be bothered 
because he, he didn't want to be there. No. So he just buggered off back to his office. Mm-hmm. I was there unsupervised. So I just sat playing games. Um, and I, he put me on a different computer each time. He just said, go sit there. And I, I overheard a conversation. It must have been like a week or two later. Um, they were saying, um, oh, someone's installed the, the, some unauthorized software on the computers. It's on, it's on at least five. <laughs> <laughs> it's just me installing Sonic Car on, on, on all these computers. <laughs> there, there Amazing. This, the, I I I won't I can't I, I don't know anyone will find out but there was a, the IT guy Mr Norman I think his name was mm. a little little hunched over little I guy. remember him yeah mm. yeah and <laughs> he was moaning about having to go around and uninstall all this stuff from the computers <laughs> he was a miserable bastard wasn't he that guy <laughs> he was wasn't he yeah. he was but mm. you know working in IT I can I, 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 I got I got a newfound appreciation <laughs> for the troubles enough. he went through. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that that was my my first uh, experience of Sonic R. Oh, um, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So mm, yeah, good times. Yeah. But um, yeah, like you say, it's a very difficult game. Very the handling is a major hurdle. But once you get used to it, I yeah. think you can have a lot of fun with it. I think so. I think there's a lot in there um, to do. You know, compared to a lot of racing games at the time, certainly yeah. they, they had they obviously took the platforming aspect and applied it to a racing game really well. Yeah, and I I think the easy thing to do with you know if you if you the, your brief was make a Sonic racing game, mm. the easy thing to do would have just been you know point A to point B racing you know stick some characters and then just have at it. Yeah, I think they really you know they really try to do something different with you know doors that open if you collect a certain number of rings and you know the different ways of approaching the level and yeah. you know it's not the most balanced racing game in the world and it's not the you know it's it's not the the most impressive game overall mm. but it had some really neat ideas and i think they really tried to do something you know it what they didn't phone it in they really tried to do something good with the the, the brief they were they were given i think mm. Yeah, there's a game on the N64 called Beetle Adventure Racing that I've I haven't played, but I really want to. Perhaps I'll do it as a book club pick one one day because it's supposedly quite similar, similar ideas in in terms of applying different ways of doing a I racing saw game. I on a you know. YouTube video today. Funny enough. Oh, did you? Oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah but um, like it different was... routes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It was um uh, the Easter Egg Hunter, and it was um. UFOs in gaming, and there was a, there's a secret route where you, it looks like you can't go there. You're like racing around, but if you like jump off, you know, the edge of a, a route um, around this corner, it looks like you would just sort of fall off and then you respawn back on the track. But there's actually a little secret tunnel that goes down. There's like a crashed UFO there, and you sort mm. of go under the UFO, and there's all lights and stuff. But yeah, look, yeah, it looks like yeah. a, a really fun game to do as a book club mm. pick. So, yeah, yeah, might might do that one day. Like yeah. Um, we've got to talk about the soundtrack to, to Sonic R because it's uh, <laughs> it's notorious for um, sort of cheesy kind of nineties dance vocals. Like almost some of them, I feel like sort of love ballads. <laughs> yeah, I gotta um, say, I don't like. <laughs> I, I I've got a lot of nostalgia for it, obviously, because I just played it a lot of the time, and I I, I kind of yeah, it's a it's cheesy, it's a guilty pleasure, but um, you know, I love it. So, without further ado, this is Supersonic Racing, which is the main theme of the game, <laughs> by uh, Richard Jakes and vocals by T.J. Davis. Come on, run away. You don't have 
So, um, <clears throat> moving in almost into the uh, the new millennium um, is um, Sonic Adventure, very important landmark game for the series. This came out yeah. in um, very end of '98 for Japan, and then sort of towards the end of '99 for the rest of us with a slightly enhanced version. It's on the Sega Dreamcast, so a whole new kind of world for Sonic. Um, it's mad to think how long the gap between the Japanese and the the Western release of the Dreamcast was in that. It's almost a year, yeah. It's weird, isn't it? That they Crazy. were. I mean, as as Europeans, we're used to long gaps until we get consoles. But you know, the, the long, you know, very long before anyone else got it. Yeah, it's weird. And that's the fact that the Sonic Adventure was sitting around almost a whole year before we got mm. to play it. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, this was um, this was a big deal for Sonic fans at the time, Sega fans as well. It was sort of a, a, a showcase for the new console, really launch title and everything um sonic's first proper 3d game i remember reading mag um sega saturn magazine had lots of dreamcast stuff coming up towards the end of his life and you know i, I would pour over this you know and it just looked incredible at the time you know it's just th this whole world where you could go and explore and you had these big open areas and this big jungle to go in um and then the you know all the action stages as well and it's just you know i i, I was I say recently, but it was several years ago now that I found one of these old magazines and I was leafing through. And I, I even got excited then just looking at it, even though the game had been out for years and years. Yeah. You know, it's just that that's the power of a magazine, isn't it? Like a magazine oh, yeah, preview. Yeah. Um, so I had this at the time. I got my Dreamcast uh, again the Christmas after it, it came out with, with this. Um, it's interesting because like the, the 99 kind of area is if there was any ever any a dip in my love for sonic it was during this time just because i got more interested in other things like wrestling and stuff like that it just wasn't quite at the top of my list of priorities anymore mm. um and i like sonic adventure a lot but even that couldn't quite you know reignite your love yeah because i i I had I had the internet in '98, and I remember it was it was ages, months, maybe even years before I even thought of typing Sonic the Hedgehog into Google or Yahoo, as it would have been then. Um, but I, I regardless of that, I, I enjoyed Sonic Adventure. I, I I liked it a lot. I mean, it, time hasn't been kind to it. <laughs> um, no. It's it's a little bit rough around the edges in places, but yeah. um, it's you know you've got to take it for what it was at the time, you know, because. It was a huge game, really. I mean, one of the most graphically impressive games around at the time. 
It's funny uh, you were saying about magazines. I remember, I'm pretty sure it was Computer and Video Games magazine. They did a preview of it. Uh, well, actually, no. It was they had it was like a back page spread, like next issue kind of thing, and they were yeah. going to do a, a preview of it. And it was a completely black page, and it had like the uh, Sonic's grin and his eyes. Yeah, and that, it was like a, like a silhouette. That was famously the first thing that was revealed about the game. That was like yeah. a teaser thing that and he's it, just showcasing his new design, the green eyes and everything. But that's the thing. The commentary underneath was, you know, they they were really going for the the teaser. It said, "Is this really Sonic? His eyes are green. His teeth are pointy. Who could it be?" <laughs> and it's like. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was <laughs> turns out it's Sonic. Yeah, turns out it was him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean that that's that's the other important thing. This was represents a huge redesign of the characters that still carries on to this day. You know, this was where Sonic cha- changed into modern Sonic, um, and uh, yeah, it was it was a big deal, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you know, it more than anything, it proved that. Sonic could work in 3D. Yeah. You know, because I think, you know, 3D games were obviously... They weren't in their prime, but, you know, there were plenty of 3D games out there now. They weren't the innovation that they once were. No, it was pretty established. This is is games now, yeah. Mm. Yeah, people were familiar with what a 3D game was. You know, and I think there was a lot of scepticism about how a, a game as fast-paced as Sonic could work in 3D. Mm. Um, and I think it, you know, it Sonic more than any other th- thing. It's got as its legacy. I think the main thing is that it proved that Sonic could work and work really well mm. uh, in 3D. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, when you get sort of general generalized commentary about Sonic in 3D, they said, "Oh, we had a rough transition into 3D." But I mean, you know, Sonic Adventure was well reviewed at the time. You know, people liked it. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's only with hindsight, you know, that you. I think they they're just more transitioning to later periods. But I mean, it's. I, I love. I, can't, I don't on. think it's fair to say it had a rough transition. No, I, think, I don't compared think so. to to other franchises out there yeah i think they um, they did well waiting for a bit rather than doing yeah. it in that sort of playstation saturn which they were going to try with sonic extreme of course but i, I was think... going to say yeah i think you know had they rushed it on the saturn and just put something out for the sake of being in 3d mm. um you know sonic would have you know I, well I, I don't know if he would have been as well regarded now as he is yeah you know these days but um yeah, I think that you're you're absolutely right. You know, waiting for the 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 technology to catch up with what yeah. they had in mind, I think was the best yeah. thing. Yeah, in the same way that you know Sonic wouldn't have worked as well in the previous generation. You know, if if say the Master System one came out yeah. first, you know, it wouldn't have been quite as you know jaw dropping as the the Mega Drive original. They did no, they definitely. waited a generation before they tried it because Sonic is a bit different from normal platforms. Yeah. But anyway, yes, it's um, it's a huge game. Different characters doing different stuff. I mean, there's a lot to enjoy. Very, it's a complex storyline as well. You know, with dialogue and everything. Obviously, the dialogue does not hold up well at all these days. But <laughs> <laughs> go and listen to it if you've never heard it. But yeah, it's 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 a fond fond memories. Fond, fond memories. I was of convinced game. for so long that tale, the voice of tales was. Um, Jake Lloyd, who played Anakin Skywalker. Do you know? I, I I thought he was as well because wasn't that some sort of rumor or something that he was going to play it? 
I don't know where it came from. I, ju- I, I think just when I first heard it, I thought, oh, that, that's, that's that we, kid. That's, that's oh, really? You thought that? Maybe Because I, I wasn't so familiar with the film at the time. Someone just said, oh, it's the same guy from Zing Kid from, yeah. from Star Wars. And But I don't know where I heard that. I don't know if it was a rumour started by someone. Cause it, they do sound very similar, to be fair. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, that's the... That's one of those things, really, isn't it? One of these sort of playground things. Anyway, the the track you've chosen is Twinkle Park, um, Pleasure Castle, by um, Jun Sunoi. So um, not long after came Sonic Adventure 2, um, one of the, the last Dreamcast uh, games uh, released in 2001. Now again, this is another landmark game really because uh, obviously it marks the end of Sega's uh, time as a console manufacturer, the last Sonic game to appear on a Sega console, also one of the first ones to appear on a, on a non-Sega console in the, uh, on the GameCube version. And that in particular struck a chord with a lot of fans. A lot of fans came in at this point and played Sonic Adventure 2 um, on the GameCube or maybe even the Dreamcast. And there's, there's sort of a whole new kind of generation at that point getting into Sonic. Yeah, yeah. There's a 10th anniversary game released almost almost on the exact date, I think. And yeah, just sort of built on the original, made it a lot more streamlined, took away the, the adventure areas, kept a lot of the different kind of gameplay styles. Um, sort of a, a similar, very complex story, but yeah, really good. good. One of my favourite Sonic games, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the only thing with it, and it's not really Sonic's fault. <laughs> you know when, like, big historical events, like, like our parents would say, you know, or everyone remembers where they were when JFK was assassinated and things like that. Yes. My, if I w- was playing Sonic Two, when nine eleven happened, I was playing Sonic Adventure Two. Oh right, okay. So when people say, "Oh, you know, oh, where were you when nine eleven happened?" I was playing Sonic Adventure Two. I was 
Yeah, it's a shadow it's boss funny. fight. Oh, right. It's funny you should say so, that, because um, I was playing Sonic 3 when my mum told me the Princess Diana had died. See, it's weird, isn't <laughs> it? That's weird, yeah. And it's weird you remember it. You do remember it, yeah. You I remember, remember the exact it. part. I was in Hydra City Zone, and I was on that those bits where the um, those rotating cylinders go, and you have to go through the columns and things. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating, though, isn't it? Crazy. Mm. See, Sonic is weaved in... in <laughs> Into... In into the fabric of of, of reality, modern yeah. life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a good game. Um, yeah, I I slightly prefer the first one. I think. Do you? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, hmm. only in terms of structure. I wasn't a fan of. Yeah. The, mm. I wasn't a fan of the. I like the the light and dark aspect of the the game. I think that's that's a pretty neat idea. Yeah. But the, you know the breaking up the levels into Sonic does the running levels, Tails does the shoot 'em up levels, Knuckles does the treasure finding levels, and you know vice versa with the the um, Robotnik, yeah. Shadow and Rouge. Yeah. I just wasn't a big fan of that. Um, okay. That that structure. Do I you think, mean that the fact that you have to just do one and then a different one, yeah. and rather than choosing a character and then doing all their levels? You mean exactly? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I preferred the approach of you know how Sonic Adventure one did it. Yeah. Um, mm. But you know, it, there's still there's still great levels. There's still mm. it's still a great game. I just think I I slightly prefer the approach of the first one. Yeah, it's a fair comment. The 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 thing that really goes with Sonic Adventure Two is its replayability factor because there's so much extra stuff to do in that mm. game. It's the master of replayability. You've got different missions for each level. You've got the Chow mode, which is the whole get other game in itself almost. Um, you've got the whole um, get all the A ranks thing for the for the all the emblems. You know, it's um it, it's really good. It kept me playing for ages afterwards. You know, it's it's one of my sort of <laughs> lifetime goals to actually get all the emblems in that game one one day. And of course, if you do, you get a nice um, 3D interpretation of uh, Green Hill Zone. Um, you do. Long before doing interpretations be of Green Hill Zone was the norm. I just downloaded the game saver for Green uh, exactly, That's exactly what I did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was annoyed when I realised that I had overwritten my own save <laughs> by oh, doing that, no. which is really annoying. I mean, it doesn't yeah. matter, but you lose all your, your best times and everything, don't you? You replace it with someone who's awesome. You know, you can never be. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, that's the thing. So you've chosen um, the theme of Sonic, It Doesn't Matter. Mm. Uh, any particular reason? Um, no particularly profound reason. I just find it interesting that for the because uh, in Sonic Adventure every character had their own their own sort of theme with lyrics and you know the sort of roughly described their character or their their place in the story and that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, for Sonic Adventure Two, they didn't really come up with any new. It was just like they were given the same lyric sheet yeah. and just said, "Right, come up with different song. music for it." Yeah. So mm. I kind of just I like the idea that it's the same song but just a completely different <laughs> different interpretation. Of yeah, it. a different melody, um, same lyrics, but everything else. Same is different, lyrics, yeah. but different style, different melody. Um, and I think this is the better one of the two, personally. Yeah, I do. So yeah. I, I went with uh, went with that. I think just about all the versions of the the vocal themes of Sonic Adventure Two are better than the Sonic Adventure ones, Probably, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So this is um, theme of Sonic. It doesn't matter by Jun Sonoi and vocals by Tim Harnell. I'm just living by my own feelings And 
So next game is um, Sonic Advance, um, released at the end of 2001, I think, in Japan, and came 2002 everywhere else, uh, for the Game Boy Advance. Um, I think it's the first Sonic game on a Nintendo um, console, I believe. I think it beats... Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's because so. uh, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle came out in 2002, I think. So this was um, developed by Dimps, who would go on to make uh, most of the, the 2D handheld Sonic games from this point on. It's sort of a blast from the past in a way that uh, it's a 2D Sonic game, basically. Um, yeah. You know, the, the physics aren't quite the same, but they're, they're, they, they, you know, they hold up pretty well. Uh, I was playing it recently, um, and it's pretty good, you know. Um, <clears throat> fairly short, fairly short levels. You get to play as Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, and Amy, which is quite interesting. Um, yeah, I, because I, I, funny because the the Game Boy Advance seemed to be emulatable very very quickly after its release. I remember it did. Yeah, I remember yeah. being able to emulate this. I think in two thousand and one, actually, when it came out, um, which part, probably part of the reason why they were so keen to move on to the Nintendo DS so so quickly. <laughs> knowing Nintendo, um, so yeah, I played it on emulation first, and then I bought it the following year. Um, how about you? Did you do the same? I think I did. I think I must have done that. Oh, well, no, actually, I don't think I did emulate it because my PC then was still mm. pretty poor. Um, okay. I think it. Yeah, I don't think I could emulate it. But uh, I, I bought a Game Boy Advance um, the year I started college. So it would have been. Yeah, it would have been around two thousand and yeah, two thousand and one. Yeah, yeah, I got mine in in two thousand one as well. Yeah. yeah, so it must have been then. And yeah, I bought I I bought it pre-owned. I got it like a game or um, electronics boutique or somewhere. And mm-hmm. Sonic Advance was the the only game I could afford to get with it. Yeah. Um, it actually really annoys me because I bought over. Well, I, I had the Game Boy Advance for about a year, I think, maybe a year or two. And over that time, I bought um, Final Fight 1, uh, Gold, uh, Golden Sun, uh, Duke Nukem, uh, Tekken Advance, all in their boxes, everything mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. These games are rare now. Yeah. You know... Oh, and you've, and not, you've not got them anymore. No, 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 I traded them all in for something back uh, then. Cause yeah. But, you know, back then you needed, you know... Yeah, of course trading new games to get new games and I traded a lot in and I, I kick myself to this day that, <laughs> I, that, I, that I traded them in because they Game Boy Advance games are quite pricey especially if they're boxed they're um uh, well I tell you and the other problem is because I, I again I keep going off on tangents but um the game we're covering for our, our book club next uh, mm. our Minish Cap yes tried to get a copy of that yeah that 90% of them on eBay are bootlegs. Yeah, it's a big problem with them. It's so frustrating. Yeah, with uh, with Game Boy Advance, yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah. But yeah, so um, yeah, back then bootlegs weren't uh, an issue you needed to worry about that much. So, no. um, you know. But yeah, so I, I bought it. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, so like you say, it's short. It's, it's just an interesting foray in, onto Nintendo hardware for Sonic. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah, the soundtracks are quite good for all the, the, the this, and there's, there's three Sonic Advance games, and they're all quite good. They're not often not, you know how you go on Spotify and you get like remixes of Sonic tunes and, and video game tunes. Not a lot of people touch the Advance ones, and I think they're because of like the slightly weak Game Boy Advance sound chip compared to a lot of others. That they, they they are the most deserving of remixes. Not many people do them. So um, yeah. I was going to say, yeah, the the, the GBA is not really 
not really known for its its sound capabilities. No, but no. Um, if you look past that to the tunes, they're really good. Yeah. Ones. Um, the one I've chosen is actually our, so the only boss theme that we've got in this list. Uh, but this is plays where you fight um, Metal Knuckles. I think that's his name, and it's like a metallic knuckles basically. Um, and this is by um, Tatsuyuki Maeda and uh, Yutaka Minobi. swiftly on to Sonic Advance 2 2003, um, also on the Game Boy Advance developed by Dimps sort of more of the same thing, I feel like this is the this is where they kind of discovered that, it seems weird that Sonic could go fast, which is a weird <laughs> thing to say, but <laughs> I know what you mean though, yeah. do you know what I mean, because yeah. those level, they don't have boost, there's not a dedicated boost button yet, which will evolve soon, but the le- the general pace of the levels, if you look at if you ever look at a map of these levels, they all start at the top left and sort of slowly work their way down to the bottom right, and they're all very sort of slopey and um, kind of very focused on just going fast. You know, there's a there's a common criticism with Sonic in general that you just hold right, and that's certainly for the first two or three levels. That's very true of Sonic Advance Two. You kind of can just sort of keep holding right and just jump a little bit but um it's a fun experience i quite like sonic advance too yeah yeah i got fond memories of it it's, yeah yeah it's um it's more of the same really it's sort of, sort of fairly normalish ideas for levels in in sonic games although a couple of interesting ones like the music plant and the, the techno bass they're all quite quite interesting but yeah that's anything you want to say about it no not particularly um I don't have an awful lot to say about the advanced series, to be honest. No, you know, no, it's... they're great. They're, they're good little games. Um, yeah, but they will. I don't know. I just don't have the same, the same love for them that I do the main series. And I no, think... no. I mean, they're, they're 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 secondary sort of games, aren't they? They're kind of they're they're, they're that yeah. generation equivalent of the the, the Game Gear games. Yeah, kind of yeah, thing, exactly. Yeah. So, but anyway, the um, I've chosen. Uh, Act 1 and 2 of Egg Utopia, which is the last um, uh, level. And this was by uh, Tatsuyuki Maeda, Yutaka Minobi, and Teruhiku Nakagawa. Mm-hmm. 
Right, well we've come to the end of part one of our Sonic Music Special. We originally planned to release one mega-sized episode, but uh, given this is already coming up to two hours, we thought uh, nearly a four-hour episode might uh, just be a bit too heavy for you guys. So we've decided to do a Sonic 3 and Knuckles and uh, split the two in half, which gives us the added bonus of being able to get part one out right in time to celebrate the, uh, the Blue Blur's exact 30th anniversary date on the 23rd of June. So happy birthday, Sonic! Look out for part two in the next week or so, where you'll be hearing a lot more of my picks. I've got some pretty deep cuts for you from some later Sonic games you may not have even played, so I'm looking forward to sharing those with you guys. Uh, in the meantime, you can email the show podemup at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter, we're at podemup. On our website is uh, podemup.live. Be sure to check out some of our other episodes if you're new to the show. We usually just take turns to pick some random game or other, we go off and play it, then come back and talk about it. It's good fun. Anyway, for now, thank you so much for listening. Hope you found something you enjoyed here. We'll let you get on. Um, please keep an eye out for part two of our Sonic special. Goodbye. <laughs>